welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of Galatians. Before we get started, I want to apologize for getting this episode up so late in the day today. I've been part of a, a conference that was actually taking place in Wells for the last few days, which meant I've been getting up crazy early and my entire schedule is thrown off and I'm not particularly functioning well yet with what day of the week it is. So I apologize, but this morning we're going to look at Galatians chapter 3. We're just going to look at two verses, verses 21 and 22, where Paul is continuing to ask these rhetorical questions about the purpose of the law. So like we've been doing, I'm going to read Galatians 3, 15 through 29 because this section all works together. Uh, and then we're going to zoom in on this smaller piece and think about what it's saying this morning. So let me pray for us, and then we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you so much, especially for this section that helps us comprehend and understand what the purpose of the law is, what the distinction between the law and the gospel is. I pray that you would help us by your spirit to understand and believe your word. In Christ's name, amen. This is what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 15. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say into offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law which came 430 years afterwards does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Well, in this section, Paul, as we've said before, as we've looked at this over the last few days, is helping us understand how the law and the gospel relate to each other, or, or more precisely, how the Abrahamic and Mosaic covenants relate to each other. And beginning in verse 19, he started asking these questions about the role of the law. He asks a second question in verse 21, uh, and, and again is continuing to look at why the law. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? So in verse 19, he asked, why was the law given? Then in verse 21, he asks, after answering that, is the law contrary to the promises of God? In other words, are they trying to do opposite things? Are they working against each other? And his answer is certainly not. In Greek, it's meganoita. It's this 
Paul uses this negative answer uh, quite often. Anytime you see certainly not in the ESV, that's typically what it is. And, and it's a way of him saying kind of, there's no way that's possible. It's a very strong kind of almost bombastic negative statement. No way, Jose. It's not happening. That's not what's going on here. Certainly not. For if a law had been given, he says, that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. Here, Paul gives this reminder that the law can't give life. That's the point of this conditional statement. If a law had been given that could give life, one hasn't been given that could give life, but if one could, then righteousness would be by the law. And so here we see the limits of the law. The law can't accomplish in us what it demands of us. It demands perfect righteousness, but it can't bring that about in us. And we need to understand that. That doesn't make God's law deficient in some way that, that kind of compromises it, because it, it actually, I would argue, it doesn't make it deficient at all, because what it's doing is it's reminding us of why the law was given. The law isn't deficient for the purpose that it was given, but like so many other things in life, it is deficient, if that's the word we want to use, for the purpose for which it wasn't given. In other words, if we try to make the law a means of righteousness, then we're trying to use the law for something other than the reason it was given. It wasn't given to give life. It was given to drive us to Christ. That's what he reminds us of in verse 22. The scripture imprisoned everything under sin. That, that's what the law does. It, it, it shows us our sin. The law doesn't make us sinners. We do that quite well on our own. We're dead in sin. The law doesn't make us sinners. It reveals that we are sinners. It shows us that we are guilty. That's why Paul says it imprisons us under sin, because that's what the law was given to do. And it, he says, and it was given, it does that for a reason, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. This is why we say that the law was given to drive us to Christ, because that's that, that's what happens. The, we, we read the law, we look at the law, and we say, oh my word, I haven't done any of this. I'm guilty as charged. Like, I've, I've not accomplished a single point of this. I've, I've violated the law at every turn. I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. I'm dead in my sin, justly deserving the wrath and curse of God. Where's my hope? And this is where we're called by the gospel to look to Christ for forgiveness for our sin. This is where we're reminded that the reason Jesus came, he tells us, is not for the righteous, but for sinners. So we, we the, the, the prerequisite for coming to Jesus is the law having its effect of showing that we are in fact sinners. 
That's what it's supposed to do to us. The, the law doesn't give life. It doesn't work life in us. The law shows us to be sinners in need of a Savior and points us to Jesus, who is the one who is the Savior, who died in our place, whose blood was shed for the forgiveness of the sins of his people. That's what the law is designed to do, to shut us up in sin and point us to Christ so that we can receive the promise by faith, because that's the only way that it comes. It doesn't come by our works, then it wouldn't be a promise anymore. It wouldn't be grace anymore. So the law isn't contrary to the promises of God. It actually works with the promises of God. To go back to the question that started this discussion in verse 21, he asks, is the law contrary to the promise of God? No, it, it works with the promises of God. It shows us, the law works to show us that if we're not justified in Christ by grace through faith, if it's not actually about the promises of God, then, then we've got no hope. So the law doesn't work against the promises of God, offering an alternative way to life. The law works with the promises of God, reminding us by imprisoning us under sin, by showing us to be the guilty sinners that we are, it works with the promises of God, reminding us that it's, it can only be by promise. It can only be by grace that we're justified, that we get life. Because we're sinful by nature. And so we justly deserve God's wrath and curse. So no, the law is not contrary, but works with the promises of God, showing us our need for God to keep his promises. This is why we read the law, to remind us that we need God to keep his promises and that the law bears witness to the fact that he will. We'll continue looking at verse 23 and on in our episode tomorrow. May God be with you. Mm -hmm.